Hi there, and welcome to another episode of KBJ Screening Room, a podcast about cinema, the industry, the future, and the fact that if a man can form a friendship with an octopus, then I guess anything is possible. We are here, we are early, and it is an emergency, honestly. The Oscars have happened, and it was a mess, to say the least. So joining me is Natalia Trejo-Box again, so we can kind of dissect what the hell happened last night. and how this is going to impact everything from here on out. Hi, everyone. It's so great to be back. And especially right now in this crisis <laughs> that we're all facing. <laughs> Honestly, we'll get into like what happened in a little bit for those who, I guess, are living under a cinema rock. So I don't know if you were on Twitter last night, but from like 11 p.m. to like 12 or 1 a.m. Eastern, it was like a war zone. Not even the war. It was like after the war, just the aftermath. I was, I was, I was scared to go on Twitter. I mean, I was happy to be part of the like the revolution that was going on, but people were really upset, and I've never seen Twitter like this in a long time. So I know it was like the collapse of film Twitter paired with like regular Twitter going insane. Yeah, like every yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. people wanted uh-huh. to talk about what has happened, but. Not to reveal anything, let's just talk about what has happened. So Nat, how did the Oscars end last night? How did the Oscars end last night? Well, we found out that an octopus can be your best friend after um, Octopus Teacher won Best Documentary. What didn't happen? I mean... Exactly. <laughs> like the whole... I'm trying to like put it into words, um, what the Oscars were like, and it just... It felt like the like the worst, like the least Oscar Oscars possible. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just did not feel like the Academy Awards. It just felt like we were watching like a summary of like all the little like movies that came out in like 2020. Yeah. And I think like we were both expecting it to be a little different. It was different. It was at Union Station, which already from the start had a lot of controversy because there was like videos of them kicking all the homeless people out of the yeah. station right before yeah. the award show even started, which kind of set the tone. I completely agree with you. I think Steven Soderbergh, who, whose name is kind of tied mostly to everything that happened just because like it's, it's Steven Soderbergh, mm-hmm. kind of wanted to switch things up, but all of the things they switched up failed on them. And I think- yeah. The Octopus Teacher one we'll get to, but the big thing that we still have not mentioned, like three and a half minutes in, if you have not heard, the entire award ceremony was structured so that it would end with Best Actor, which is already weird seeing Best Picture happen like early. And Best Director mm-hmm. also happened and so best director early. In the middle of like everything. It was so... Yeah. Honestly, the moment we should have known when they started with screenplay that things were going to go down. Like, yeah, that's so true. I was like, oh my gosh, we're starting already. What? And like pairing them together like that is it was just a mess in the making. Yeah. So, not to get off track because we'll cover all of this, but it basically they structured the entire show because they were so certain that Chadwick Boseman would win. He has not won all of the awards in the circuit. I mean, on Thursday at the Spirit Awards, Riz Ahmed won for Sound of Metal. So, all of us were sitting here expecting this win to happen. Anthony Hopkins, not at not at the ceremony, nowhere nowhere to be found. Anthony Hopkins didn't even think it was gonna happen. I mean, this man was like, "Okay, Chadwick won. I'm not gonna attend." Like, you know, 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure he was asleep, if if I'm not mistaken. But basically, <laughs> it ended with Anthony Hopkins beating Chadwick Boseman. And I hate to call it an upset, but it kind of is something that was so out of left field that it's like hard to even process that it happened. Yeah, I think it was because the Academy made it like the, like what you were saying, the way they structured it, it was like, okay, Chadwick's going to win. And everyone's like, okay, that's, you know, it's really nice of them, you know, you know, dedicating it to Chadwick because he passed away. And they just completely messed with our emotions. Like, I think, you know, I watched The Father last night after the Oscars because I couldn't sleep. I was like, how did, how did, how did, how did this man win? And I watched it. And honestly, it was a mind blowing film. Like it was a very good film. And like, I can understand why um, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor because he honestly, he did a phenomenal job. But I think the Academy just screwed up, you know, making it seem like they were going to give it to Chadwick. I think like, you know, again, it just, it was like, you know, it was the Academy's fault for making it seem that way. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because maybe we'll get into The Father a little bit. I don't love it as much as you, but I have not seen it since October. But Anthony Hopkins' performance is incredible. And yeah, he's an incredible actor. I know he's won before. None of this is actually his fault. He doesn't control yeah. how the Academy yeah. votes. And it's kind of this like mix of no one has won because so much of this... I read a New York Times article this morning when I woke up about how Soderbergh kind of bet that this would pay off and it just did not. And it was so spectacularly embarrassing. But I just feel bad for not only Hopkins, who gave a speech and a tribute to Chadwick. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chadwick's family, all the other Best Actor nominees. But I feel like Chloe Zhao and Nomadland, not even because of this, but because of the way they structured it, with Best Picture not being last and Best Director coming so early, just felt really odd to me. And I really feel bad because yeah. I feel like her moment is kind of being overshadowed by... By, like, all the controversy that happened. Yeah, and end. this unnecessary chaos. I know, yeah. And we we were texting for context last night, the entire yeah. show. It was very <laughs> entertaining. Sent some very good tweets to each other. But the In Memoriam... I also found super disrespectful because I looked up and the names were going so quickly. I know. You know, I thought it was because like I was watching it on my like on my laptop um and I thought it was just oh my internet's bad like it's just cutting. But it was just like the whole way through they're just going one after another and I was like oh my and then it would like slow down for certain people and then it would speed back up. It was just so weird. And like, I understand a lot of people passed away, unfortunately, because of like COVID and the pandemic. But it's like, you know, like give everyone like an opportunity, you know, like it's I I just I, I thought that was like completely disrespectful. Um, I could not agree with you more. Like seeing Christopher Plummer's name on the screen. And this is just the first example I can think of. But Irfan Khan also. Chadwick uh -huh. Boseman, who is the last, seeing their names on the screen for like half a second is almost as bad as just not even having an in memoriam. Maybe put a limit on how long people can talk if that's the issue here. Or you know what? We could just skip the commercials. Like we saw the fucking puppy 
commercial with Rebel Wilson. Like, I don't even know how many times. So it's like... I think that's a good idea. We should skip all the commercials except the Adidas Beyonce commercial. Except for that one, yeah. That can be the only commercial break. It's just that single and commercial. When the when Google came out with that octopus commercial right after <laughs> Octopus Teacher won. They knew we were at our worst and decided I to know. hit us anyway. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about my octopus teacher, which I hate to say it, an unsurprising win, which is horrifying to think about because we were talking about time last night. Yeah. And if you guys have not seen time, Amazon Prime Video, Garrett Bradley's documentary, it's absolutely incredible the octopus movie has been the front runner this entire award season which is in have you seen my octopus teacher you know i haven't which i think is kind of problematic where like i stand because i say i don't like it but i haven't seen it i just know the context is about a guy who becomes friends with an octopus and that's all i know anything is possible it's not really fair for me to say that i don't like it but i haven't seen it no okay it's i mean said it at the beginning of the episode they said it in their award speech anything is possible we can be friend yeah. octopi at this rate um it's really nothing special some of the filmmaking is cool it's an interesting story that i feel like has already been explored just with different animals with like disney nature and everything exactly exactly yeah. and honestly there's not even much we can do about that because i think it won the pgas and it's won all of these other awards so we have nothing to do with that. But I feel like this entire award season can just be canceled. Minari not winning anything besides Ye Jung Yoon for Best Supporting yeah. Actress, whose speech was incredible. We did yeah, not I talk know. about that. <laughs> also, Sound of Metal. Yeah. The fact that, I mean, I found it pretty ironic that Sound of Metal won Best Sound, and this is a movie about a man who's going deaf. Um, I just found that completely like ironic. Well, I but- think it won the sound for like the cochlear implant at the end and just the way it kind of experiments with the hearing i just that brings up another thing i wanted to mention sorry we're kind of going scriptless right now because we didn't (laughs) know how to even prepare to talk about this again this is emergency emergency talk in all caps in all caps but there was already a bit of gambling at the start with like regina king opened the show who had an insane walk like that one take of her walking probably the best moment of the show and honestly, love Regina King. But like her doing the award for the movie that she directed for Best Adapted Screenplay, One Night in Miami, it didn't win. But like that even felt weird. Like Riz Ahmed presented Best Sound. Yeah. And that yeah. made me kind of uncomfortable where it's like, what what is there to gain here? It's, it's that weird confidence that just yeah. seeped through the entire show. It was always misplaced confidence. Yeah. I'm trying to think like maybe why they did it. And the only thing I can come up with is maybe they were trying to limit the number of people in, you know, the stadium or whatever. And so they just had to use like whoever they could as presenters. But I mean, even that, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could even switch Riz Ahmed and um, I guess you couldn't because he did. uh, Sound of Meadow was nominated for original screenplay, too. I don't know. I think like, yeah, it's been a weird year. This was, I mean, this is just a reflection of like, again, like 2020, unfortunately, like it's 2021. We're trying to forget about 2020 and the Oscars are just like still like stuck in 2020. So honestly, when I opened seeing that many people in a room maskless, 
like and they explained like how yeah. they did it with vaccinations and stuff still was so uncomfortable watching them yeah i think quest love was like the only person i saw like on the red carpet who had a mask on yeah i, I, was like, okay. I saw a tweet of zendaya <laughs> was wearing a mask too in the audience yeah that's true it's so hard to explain i think every year they find a way to do something that we're never expecting and then we're like completely unsurprised by I mean, we also knew this was going to be a really interesting ceremony and night, you know, just with like the camera movements. Um, I forgot who it was, who they were trying to focus on. Oh, it was. um. Oh, shoot. I'm forgetting his name. The director of Parasite. Bong Joon-ho. Yes. When he was doing his little montage introduction thing and they were just like panning the camera and like I, w- I was so confused. I was like. Are they trying to like make this like a documentary or a commercial or like what's going on? Like it was so distracting. And like I think right then and there I was like, this is this is gonna be a whole different type of Oscars. Soderbergh, what a man. Honestly, so glad Sharon Choi made a reappearance. Bong's translator. Such a queen. Mm-hmm. Um yep. lovely to see her. I think the parasite wave. Or a particular part of the Parasite Wave is happening again where another round gets this awards hype. Just a few hours ago, I don't know if you saw this, it was announced that Leonardo DiCaprio is like wants to remake it. Or I think they're planning Parasite? on remaking it. No, another round. Parasite is getting like, Oh, okay. Parasite is getting remade as an Adam McKay movie set in the Parasite universe, which I believe is just Korea. Because yeah. Bong Joon Ho has said multiple times it's set in like Seoul. But I mean, okay, that's 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 gonna be interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, but I feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Vinterberg's speech was incredible. Honestly, probably one of the most memorable speeches of the mm-hmm. night. I had no idea that any of that had happened with his daughter and Oh really? No, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was I I I had listened to a podcast like before and they had mentioned it, but I still hadn't seen um the movie i still haven't seen it yet but yeah that was yeah i just i don't want to see like i don't want to see a parasite adam mckay movie i don't really want to see that many adam mckay movies in general i'm not a fan of his Mm -hmm. filmmaking at all mads is so good in another round and i know you haven't seen it so i'll I'll stop talking about it now but like i'm so excited to see it though it looks really it looks really good did hollywood just not listen when bong talked about once you overcome the one inch barrier of subtitles, you're going to be introduced to so many different films. Cause it seems like they just like to take those films and just remake mm-hmm. them and then make them less good in the process. Do you remember? It's like what happened with um, uh, uh, the French movie. The uh, I was yeah, just going to say that. And with the Kevin Hart remake, I literally, I literally wanted to punch the Hollywood sign personally. I was like, why why is this happening it's also just was not a good movie no not at all the up we're talking about the upside not the not the untouchables yeah and it's like no one no one knows what the untouchables is they only know what the ups what is it called the upside the upside yeah the upside had a troubled release too just because weinstein company stuff oh my god pushed it back Weird times. Also, Kevin Hart is just problematic at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. Actually, that brings up a good point. Making like an odd host connection here. What did you think of year two without a host? 
Or it might be year three, honestly. Oh, right. Because last time was... Last time there was a host was with Ellen, right? I do or, not remember. I Wait, why did they stop doing hosts? I forgot. I think it was Kevin Hart who like had so much controversy that they removed him and then oh. like they just could not find anyone else to do it yeah you know i because yeah i think this was the second or third year in a row and honestly it felt weird because i remember like what i liked about the oscars when i was younger and i was like oh i want to be a filmmaker and whatever was it was like it was entertaining to watch and it was like on the edge of your seat and like this time around, I was like dreading it. I was just like, oh my gosh, when are they going to do like best picture, best actor and stuff? But yeah, I mean, it just felt like so like disconnected, you know, there wasn't anyone like kind of like guiding, you know, guiding the viewer like through like the whole journey and like connecting with um with the actors and with the filmmakers. I remember that was always like a fun part of the Oscars. It's like, you know, they would, the presenter would go down and like, you know, joke around with them. And it was, you know, that they felt like real people, you know, they didn't feel like, you know, the big Hollywood stars or like the characters that, you know, you actually saw them. So that was kind of, I guess, disappointing. I hope they bring it back. But knowing the Oscars at this point, probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be a fucking octopus for all I know. You hey, know? if a man can form a friendship with an octopus, then I guess anything an is possible. An octopus can host the Oscars. <laughs> if an octopus can teach, what can an octopus do? And that's what matters most. The host thing doesn't bother me too much, but I do miss the thing you were saying. As a kid, the Oscars were everything to me yeah. i don't know why like i've never liked american football so the super bowl did not mean anything to me um, <laughs> it was the oscars world cup besides all the fifa corruption great times just exactly yeah miss the world cup 2014 brazil unmatched vibes yep. anyway i say that to say i did like seeing the things you're talking about where the host reach out and kind of when when filmmakers talked about why they love movies and what attracted mm-hmm. them to making movies I feel like they tried to do that this year with introducing the nominees by yeah. like saying these little tidbits, but I much prefer the clips of them acting as opposed to just yeah. hearing about them. Yeah. Or at least have 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 like the filmmaker, you know, say it, not say it about them. Cause I I don't know, this kind of felt awkward too. So awkward. I was I was also thinking that none of the people nominated knew how to react when they were exactly. just being talked to because they were in the same room. It's just yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, the Oscars. So much secondhand embarrassment for like three. You know, afterwards, I was like exhausted. And now I real I was exhausted from all the second secondhand embarrassment that I, you know, went through. Yeah. And I think if you're not going to have a host, it should not be three hours and like 20 minutes. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I don't Wait, even know I'm what made to, it that long. I know. I'm trying to think like how, why was it that long? They didn't even have performances. It actually makes no sense. Yeah. Maybe Brian Cranston's speech slash commercial that we both thought was like a oh, commercial. Yeah, it's Harrison Ford. <laughs> Honestly, before before we finish up this segment, Nat, thank you for joining. Yeah. It was a premature thank you because there's actually more to talk about. But I want to talk about some of the wins that we got. Her looking spectacular, winning for Fight for I know. You. And also, um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but she kind of copied a prince's outfit 
I'm when he won and the academy award yeah um so you, everyone should look that up because that was pretty symbolic of her let's go love yep. prince dude it's been like i think it was april 21st 2016 it's over five years now yeah, i know that's yeah. so sad yeah yeah she looked great i was happy to see her win i actually really like that song another thing that I personally enjoyed, but is a great example of the secondhand embarrassment is Daniel Kaluuya talking about his parents procreating on national TV and then (laughs) the perfect cut to his mother and sister reacting to that in real time. You can't get anything like it. What was, I mean, it was funny and the memes that came out of it were just hilarious, but wow. He was, he was really happy. I think, I think he was drunk. His, he deserves it. Um, yeah. I was so happy to see him win. It was honestly one of those Oscar embarrassing moments that brings more joy than embarrassment. The end of the show was honestly anger and embarrassment for me. I was like, you guys dropped the ball big time. Yeah. That was just like, you know what? This man is an Oscar winner. I get it. Not knowing what to say. I mean, that's whole, that's part of the whole thing, right? You know, just getting up there and not not expecting it, you know? Yeah, and it was like one of the only things that felt genuine and natural because even Glenn Close dancing to Debut, which we have not talked about yet, which is insane. (laughs) LA Times article I read this morning proved that it was scripted, which is insane. Yeah, breaking the news that we read here on the pod. Oh my gosh. Can you you imagine the script for this year's Oscars? Oh my gosh. I would like to It was probably just like bullet points, honestly. (laughs) It's like well, a pod like, outline doc. Exactly. <laughs> it's probably more messy than our homecoming episode doc, I think so. which was absolutely insane. Oh my gosh. Um, any final thoughts on this year's insane Academy Awards? Um, Sound of Metal deserved better. Minari. I'm going to throw Minari in there as Minari well. Minari deserved better. Good for Anthony Hopkins, but the Academy screwed up insane you know i'm gonna go find myself an octopus friend i guess i was just gonna say that if we learned anything (laughs) it's that man and octopus a dog is not man's best friend it's actually an octopus exactly uncovered at last night's award show thank you matt so much for joining this emergency (laughs) session so great to talk to you about i mean nothing brings better content than the mistakes of the academy i'm convinced i know it's so funny it's golden material Thank you, Nat. You can follow her at... Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Don't know the username, but you'll find her. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And stick around because I'm going to be joined by Kayvon Jolinas as we discuss where our Oscar predictions went wrong. Woo, Kayvon. All right, so we are back again. This is part two of the podcast, and I'm joined by special guest slash regular Kayvon Jolinas to talk about our predictions and where we went wrong. Before I even get started into what you got right, what I got right, what we both messed up on, and then some of just what happened in general, would you talk a little bit about what watching this year's Academy Awards were like without actually watching this year's Academy Awards? Yeah, okay. Um, As you said, I did not watch the Oscars this year. 
um, I had better things to do, i.e. I was watching Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no way. Wait, what did you think? It was terrible. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad I'm glad we're in agreement here. Yeah, it's super bad. But it was an upgrade though. Definitely. Interesting. Um I didn't watch it. Obviously, I was uh on Twitter. So I got the best of I was gonna say a best of both worlds, but it's the best of this world. <laughs> uh instead of all like the Oscars like drama and stuff, I kinda just got the raw takes and then the jokes. Which was perfect. I didn't Great have to jokes. waste my time at all. <laughs> great jokes the material really wrote itself this year it is insane it really did it really did you know i'm not a huge fan of film twitter but i love to see it thrive during during oscar season yeah and nat and i were just talking about this it was like a global collapse of film twitter just because nobody knew how to react especially at the ending because oh yeah that was terrible yeah and nat and i talked about this at great length but what we did not mention is that i think we mentioned that anthony hopkins wasn't there but they did not know what to do. I don't know if you saw this, but when he wasn't there, they did not know. It was Joaquin Phoenix out of all people on the stage and they did not know how to end it. They were kind of just like, all right, see ya. And then like cut the telecast. Uh, Like what were they doing? That's crazy. It's just so disrespectful from so many levels. And it's like Ocean's, I don't even know. Ocean's three, since there were three producers, gone so horribly wrong at the end. Yeah, I seen a tweet this morning that was talking about how the Oscars, like the way they set that up, having the best actor as the last award presented. Everybody thought it was gonna go to Chadwick, um, and like memoriam of him and kind of like as a testament to his career. And then the, it just didn't. Then they then Anthony Hopkins wasn't there. Insane. And on top of all of that, they had an NFT of. Do you see that? Is like this a, about the a gift virtual bag? bust of? Yeah, in in every gift bag of Shadwick Boseman. So they just commodified his career, and they they like set it up like, oh, he was gonna get he was gonna get like this tribute tonight, and then just nothing. Yeah, and the gift bag is interesting. We have we have not talked about this on this episode yet. Did you see it's valued at $205,000? Per gift bag? Yes. But it does not surprise me. And I feel like that's the problem with the Oscars is that they're increasingly out of touch with their audience and then get shocked when their ratings are bad. Because $205,000? Now I'm, I'm dropping everything and I'm going to live in someone's attic in Hollywood and I'm just going to I have a I just have a goal in my pocket now. We will we will be in the academy. If, well, I'm going to be in Borat 3, <laughs> and I'm going to be nominated for Best Actor. The it's acting career begins now. But I don't even know how to describe this, but like the fact that they're still doing things like this, and honestly, no one's the producers don't see who won, but that cognitive dissonance of trying to do what you said, trying to frame it as this grand tribute. But also, I don't know if you saw this, Nat and I were also talking about this, the in memoriam being like half a second long for each name and them absolutely rushing through it. I didn't see it. Yeah, the in memoriam was like three minutes and it just, you saw someone's name, like you barely had time to actually read their name and what they did and then it was gone. So to do that and then to do this, the priorities are so odd and you also don't have a host. So why is this three and a half hours long is the other issue. It was three and a half hours. 
Yeah, because it was 11 p.m. and I was like Eastern, and they presented Best Picture, and I was like, hold up, <laughs> and then had two awards to go. I know. I was like, because <laughs> I, I was talking to someone at the time, and I was like, one sec, let me just Google who won Best Actor and Best Actress because I was a little bit distracted at the end. Turns mm-hmm. out they decided to not do that, which is honestly. Not even the first red flag, because there were so many red flags, but a pretty strong red flag that things are not going to go well, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, the flag is blood red, and it's huge. It's for bullfighting. <laughs> That's how red it is. So so true. <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about our predictions in general. We both went 10 for 17, which... Not bad. Not bad. Kind of insane. I think our record for last year was better, both of ours. But there's a few things I want to mention in particular, not even the things that we were both wrong in, as in both screenplays, Promising a Woman and the Father, neither of us picked that. Um, that was actually the first red flag. <laughs> and it was the, not even the winners, the fact that that was the first award presented was and just- And the fact that Promising Young Woman won, oh my God. I was on Twitter mad. Oh my, yeah. Just for the- I didn't let off any tweets though. <laughs> I should have. Even not even talking about that movie, putting directing in the middle of the ceremony kind of feels like a big disrespect to Chloe Zhao. And honestly, whoever would have ended up winning, it still would have felt disrespectful because it's like, best directing is not, and like, I don't want to stereotype the Oscar categories. It is not a middle level category. It is the second most important category. It's best, people even wonder why our best picture and best director are different. Well, they are. So it should be at the end. It makes no sense. Um, yeah. But then maybe it was a ratings thing. Maybe they knew Nomadland would win, so they wanted to spread it out. The point is they took risks, but all the incorrect risks. And it shows. But one incredible moment of the night, probably the most incredible, because if a man could befriend an octopus, then I guess anything is possible, is that Kayvon Jelinas predicted Mank for winning best cinematography off of the two-minute trailer for Mank. Incredible. Thank you. Absolutely insane. I'd do it for the listeners. <laughs> I, what's the opposite of a red flag? It's whatever that is because it's green honestly flag. an incredible moment. Is it a green flag? I don't know. I'm not a flag guy. Yeah. Flag Twitter, flag people, please. White flag is surrender. I don't think that's it. That's true. And a checkered flag is like a race car. Okay, so we kind of know our stuff. Okay, very uh, off track. The point is, yeah, greatest <laughs> moment of the night was Kayvon's prediction. And I think you kind of had some prediction dubs that worked out in your favor. Her won for a fight for you, which, again, I was pretty surprised about, but you had predicted. Did you and not were, predict that? I did not. I thought Speak Now from One Night Miami would win because it's like a... Leslie Arab Jr. Mm. and it's like ingrained into the movie more than Fight for You because I believe Fight for You is just the credit song of Judas and the Black Messiah. I think you're right. And then there were some things that went my way. Nomadland winning Best Picture as opposed to Minari and Vanessa Kirby not winning and Francis McDormand winning. That Can you imagine if Vanessa had won? Dude, even though you would have gotten six ones incorrect, it would have been a perfect bracket regardless. It actually would have been. I would have predicted all the upsets. Yeah. And I think, you know what? Let's just, let's stop avoiding the subject. I know you want to talk about it. Sound of Metal Minari. Disappointing. 
Very disappointing. So sad. So do wanna, fake. Do you want to speak a little bit about why you're so mad? I I think it's pretty obvious, but just they they both won what one uh, sound of metal won two. I believe best editing and best sound. Right, both both technical ish things. And Minari, uh, best supporting actress, which we both got, and she very much so deserved. Um, she's a legend, queen. Uh, she the entire she did not guest. she did not smell Brad Pitt. <laughs> she's not a dog. Such a cool quote. Yeah, they both got absolutely snubbed. I mean, I don't even know how to how else to say it. I feel like personally, I thought they were both. They meant more to me than Nomadland did. Not to say that Nomadland was bad or that Chloe Zhao didn't deserve directing because I thought she did as well. But like, you cannot downplay those movies. They're two super, super important movies. And they just, they didn't get any of the love that they deserved. Completely agree. We've talked about this, I think, two or three times on the pod. Sound of Metal having a big night would have been absolutely incredible. Just watching that movie kind of flourish. And Minari is just... It's so good. I mean, I think we're in a similar spot with Nomadland where we both saw it a very long time ago. And I don't know mm-hmm. about you, there was a wasp attack in my residence as that was happening. Okay, so I know that didn't happen for you. The point, yeah, that's well, not what why would that happen for me as well. <laughs> the point is, there are certain parts of Nomadland that I don't remember clearly as much as Minari or Sound of Metal. And like, maybe that's why it hasn't aged as well. And the way we talk about it, it makes it sound like we don't like it, which you said perfectly. Not That's true. not true. That's not true. But a more evenly spread board, especially in this year's slate of films. Like last year, honestly, Parasite was so far superior to any of the movies. The only thing remotely in its league was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and it was not even in contention. So Thank you. Had to give a shout out. It winning everything that year was fine just because it's deserving. But this is a year where like, I didn't feel like one movie really deserved things over another movie. And it just sucks that honestly, Minari in particular, but also Sound of Metal, just because no, you know what? It's both. It's both. The point is, sucks to see. After you mentioned Emil Moseri in your prediction, I, I was crying. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Yeah, I went and listened to that because I realized I never listened to it before. And it is an incredible soundtrack. Absolutely incredible. He's one of the most talented composers right now. A hundred percent. Completely agree with you. And like, there's a sense of, you might imagine something similar to this, but maybe just about Minari itself. Like there's a sense of nostalgia when you listen to it and like Mm -hmm. relatability. And it feels, this is probably the worst thing I'm ever going to say, but it feels like the soundtrack of the American dream which syncs so perfectly with Minari. Like there's so much hope in every one of those songs that it's That's honestly, so real. Yeah. I 100% agree. That I mean, sounded so very, corny though. It sounded so bad. I, I hate that it was said, but the point is- No, but you're right. That's crazy. Yeah, you're so right. Tenet Nation, we rise up. Best visual effects. We love to Bro, see that, it. That tweet had me crying. The TikTok one? Yes. <laughs> For context, it's like a video of a bunch of guys dancing in a bathroom, but to the Tenet soundtrack, which is a perfect reminder of how fantastic the Tenet soundtrack is. Yeah, maybe it's the only thing we heard in that movie, but it's that good that we enjoyed it. So yeah, thank goodness. I was I was mad initially about Hans not being behind no, the orchestra. No, it's not even there, Hans. But, oh, but Ludwig, okay, yeah. he, he pulled up. He pulled up. 
Also, we need to talk about, he has the, he has the craziest, like, wow, this is, he has like the craziest discography filmography combo of all time. Let's go. Yeah. He, you know, he does the new girl score. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are we doing? He's like the Allison Jones of musicians. Just like working. That's so true. I don't, I think he does the Mandalorian as well. He's just doing everything. He's covering all of his bases. I mean, he produced Childish Gambino's albums. Like, did he? I think he produced because of the internet. Is a Ludwig episode on its way? I can feel it. It might have to be. A very impressive resume. I just. Do you think if there was a best casting award, Allison Jones would just win it every year? She would have to. Yeah. To. Bro, um, a testament to her talent is that she casts terrible movies with good people. Exactly. For context, Allison Jones is like the name in the casting business, or at least the one Kevin and I always recognize because she's casted, I think, The Office, Booksmart. Most recently, mm-hmm. I think Thunder Force was casted by her. It was. It which was. Is the perfect example of getting a good cast in an absolutely tragic film. Tragically bad, not like. Not that there was any connection to Thunder Force at all watching that movie. But yeah, I think that kind of covers everything. I just wanted to have you back so we could talk about predictions and a little bit about the show in general. This is a rhetorical question. Do you regret not watching the Oscars game on? I'm going to answer it. No. Well, there's that. You did miss Glenn Close dancing to Debut, which... No, I didn't. I've seen it too many times for my eyes <laughs> to handle. It's disgusting. It's it's atrocious. It makes me want to throw up. Fresh tanks. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Kayvon, for joining. Thank you guys for tuning in to this two-part episode. It's been a crazy adventure. We obviously thought the show was going to go a lot differently than it did. It's over. There's it's the next Oscar season that we have to look forward to. Let's let's hope it's a good season. It'll probably end really roughly if this year has been a testament to anything, but they usually do. They we'll usually be here. Do. So thank you so much for tuning into this crazy episode and series of episodes. Um, you can find me at Cavagelinus on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Kayvon in general on those platforms. Check out my writing at CavagerReviews.com and I will see you next week to talk about Studio Ghibli. Thank you guys. Peace out. Peace.